Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hizzle, here in the six. How you doing, my dog? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. And, and before we get in, before I introduce a, a great guest, another one, great guest, I just want to remind everyone, thank you for watching. Um, if you could like, comment, subscribe, you know, get on us. It takes two seconds. We appreciate you coming in. But if you enjoy our content, we've been pushing it out all summer. So go do that ASAP. It takes literally like millisecond, Jay, you know, and we really appreciate it. Um, but let me get into it. Let's introduce a great guest we got on. Uh, he is the top, he's top five in Northeastern Conference all-time scoring list and scoring, rebounding, and steals the 2011 Northeastern Conference Player of the Year, AP Honorable Mention All-American in 2011, the quickest player to 1,000 uh, career points in Central Connecticut State history, Kenneth Horton. Welcome on to the show. Welcome on to Clutch Talk, my man. How you doing? Appreciate y'all for having me. Definitely appreciate y'all having me. I Crazy thing, I didn't realize all of those stats that you just put out. I didn't, I never even, besides like the, the points, all the other stuff I didn't even, I didn't even realize. So that's interesting to hear. Locked in. It's right. Locked in. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's a locked in legend. Locked in legend, man. Straight <laughs> mm -hmm. up, man. Just like how Jay said, man, that's, that's, well, we, we got our guy Kenneth on the show, man. Um, Locked in legend, like as you, as you, as you guys see, man. And um and what what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna get into Kenneth's story, man. So what we like to do is we like to get straight into it over here, man. So Kenneth, sure. let's get straight to it, man. We know that you were born in Austin, New York, man. But what I want to know is who put that ball in your hands and at what age? Um, age. I don't really have a specific age, but I know for sure that it was uh it was my dad. You know um that uh you know growing up you know you see your pops and all the guys that he's around with um you know they were hooping until you know for a long time so seeing him um with the ball in his hands and constantly at the park and you know in the men's leagues and stuff like that you know you want to be around you want to do, do the same thing so um definitely um you know it was seeing him and you know trying to be like that and um you know him and my uncle gave me my first basketball so um it was kind of a mix between them but uh definitely if I had to say one person it would definitely be my pops you know try to try to mirror that image and you know and things just kind of went along from there absolutely man so you know uh so you know you you're watching your pops and your, and your uncle play but we you know when you were a kid did you were you watching the league or were you watching any players that you were trying to model your game after or were you trying to play more like your pops um, to, to tell you the truth, I didn't really start, uh, like I always watched, you know, basketball and, you know, Mike and, um, stuff like that, but I didn't really follow, follow until I got older, you know, you know, growing, just, you just want to play. Like, of course you hear, you know, about all the guys in the NBA and, you know, local guys that are doing big things and stuff like that. But when you're a kid, you're not really, it's different now, but, you know, growing up, we weren't really too focused on who's on the TV, who's doing what, stats this, stats that, you know, we just want to get a ball and we just want to hoop, you know what I'm saying? So um, I wasn't really too focused on, you know, uh, following a specific team or player or anything like that. I was just trying to hoop, you know what I mean? However, I could stay active and, you know what I'm saying, get on the court and lace them up. That's what I was trying to do. I didn't really start 
following a team or a certain player until I got a little older. Um, so, but I know my dad, he's a, he's been a Knicks fan forever. Um, and I must respect to him because yeah, I, I couldn't do it, but he's, he's been a Knicks fan since. That's dedicated. Yeah. yeah. That's dedication. That's that, is, that, dedication. that is real dedication. So, I mean, he's, he's been with them since forever. So, I mean, I, but me personally, I haven't, not until I got older. So. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's, that, that's how, you know, you just had that pure love and just genuine, you know, love for the game, but yeah. you know, so, so, you know, you, you get a little older and then you decide to go to, you know, Austin high school. So tell us a little bit how your uh, high school basketball experience was a lot of stats, a big time, big time numbers, man. But talk to us about that. Yeah. I mean, high school for me, it was kind of tough. It was kind of tough because, you know, as, like I said, like I was just focused on playing and, you know, just trying to be outside. Like I wasn't really, I didn't take school seriously. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it's different for a lot of people, but you know, me personally, school isn't, wasn't my, not something that I was good at. So since I wasn't good at it and, you know, I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't, you know, I didn't try. So, um, going into high school, you know, my, my mentality was just make it to the basketball season. Once I'm in the basketball season, I could hoop after that. It is what it is. And Jay, I played my ninth grade year. That was cool um, on JV. My sophomore year, I was supposed to play varsity. But my grades and me just not doing what I was supposed to do, um, not even the school, but my mom told me, she was like, nah, like, your grades ain't right. You're not playing. Like, it's over for that. And the coaches was trying to – they was – what they wanted to get on the phone and call her and try to talk to her to let me play. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she was like, no, she was like, if any of the coaches call me, I remember this conversation so vividly. Right. So let me get y'all the, the, the quick play by play. Right. So, so you know how, when you're in school, you, you know, your grades before your parents do like before yeah. the report card and everything comes out, you know, what's going on. Right. So I already know three classes. I got to be in. I'm straight there. The two classes that I was not concerned about, math and history. So I'm like, I'm not history, excuse me, English. So I F in both of those. I F, I, it was over for both of them. So I'm like, all right, I know I got two Fs, but how can I finagle this? So as long as I could start the season, I'm straight. So I'm like, all right, I'm just not going to say nothing about report cards or nothing. She asked me how my grades are. I'm good. I don't know if she called, if she called the school or my teachers called her. But somehow she found out that I failed two classes. And I was just going along, you know, as, as business as usual. And she pulled me to the side. She was like, she was like, oh, so school's going well. I'm like, yeah, school's good. Well, yeah, everything is good. You know what I mean? Just getting ready for the season, da-da-da. She was like, what season? I was like, well, football, you know, football is about to start, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, then we go straight into basketball. She was like, yeah, no. She was like, no. And then she, you know, she started doing the mom thing. She started, you know, I don't want to go into too much about that one. But <laughs> basically, basically, she was just like, in a nutshell, she was just like, all I ask you to do as a kid is one thing, which is school. Mm. You take care of school, I'll take care of everything else. She's like, and you're not handling 
you're part of the bargain. So why I'm gonna let you play sports? Like, why should you have the privilege of playing sports if you can't do the one thing that I asked? She was like, so no. She was like, there's no football, there's no basketball, there's no nothing. If your coaches call me, we're gonna have a problem. So I had to go, I literally had football practice before, uh, after this convo. So I went to the gym, I'm clearing out my locker. And so I was a, since I'm, you know, sophomore, I was on, um, like I was second string. Well, as I'm clearing out my locker, the coach comes up and is like, hey, um, we're giving you the go ahead today. You with, you you practicing with the first string. I'm like, uh, I start, I start crying. Cause as a kid, you know, when you get that, mm-hmm. you get that nod, it's like, like uh-huh. you, like you made it. So he was like, you going with the first string. I'm like, I started crying and I'm like, I can't, like, like my mom said, and he was like, no, he's like, what if I call? I was like, no, 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 <laughs> like, don't call, don't call, don't call, like, don't call. And he, you know, me and him chatted and that was it. And then basketball, she was like, that's done. When that season started, she made me go to every practice and just sit there. She made me go to every game and just uh, sit there. Oof. So I was, I used to be crying and I used to be, cause you know, not trying to, you know, whatever but my team they used to be getting smacked mm-hmm. so and this is like you know the varsity my first year able to play varsity they was getting smacked and i'm just sitting on the sideline and i had to go through a whole season of that you know her yelling at me for not you know what i'm saying doing my work and all of this i was like man i was like damn that like, i ain't going through this again so after that season junior senior year I was all good, and you know what I'm saying I was able to get some looks, and you know what I'm saying the rest, the rest just kind of fell into place after sophomore year. But the beginning of high school was rough, 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 rough. Man, do you, do you? I mean, that's that's a crazy story and crazy uh, beginning, I guess, to your career. But do you think, or do you know, sitting out those? those two years or however long it was, did that, did that increase your hunger to like when you finally got on the court, your junior year? I had, I have a feeling that did a little bit watching yeah, those guys. For sure. You know what I mean? Because, you know, whenever you, and just like I was saying before, like you want to, the main goal, especially growing up is to hoop. So mm-hmm. when you growing up with all your, like with all your friends every day, y'all hooping, y'all, you know, y'all playing whatever sport it is. And then you can't, because of whatever reason it is for me, it was school, you know, sitting there and having to watch them struggle or watch them be able to do things that you can't, it fuels a fire. You know what I'm saying? And if it doesn't, then, you know, that to me, that's just maybe not enough love or passion for the game. But for me, it fueled the fire because, you know, I know like these are my dogs. So like, if anybody's supposed to be out there with them getting after it, it's supposed to be me. And like, I'm letting them down by not being there. You know what I'm saying? So if it, it, it fueled the fire, man, and you know, I, I was able to pull my stuff together. And then from then I was just like, whatever level I take this to, if I'm, if I'm not injured, I'm going to be on the court. Like I'm not going to let anything keep me from being on the court especially not school even though school is not my you know what i mean not my forte it's not what i like it's not anything like that but if i got to do it in order to play 
that's just what I got to do. And, you know, like I said, I picked it up from there and, you know, I was able to uh, get something good out of the last couple of years of high school. So, man, absolutely. And, and, and you know, Canada, I heard you say it added fuel to the fire, man. It didn't just add fuel, it added gasoline. Cause by your senior year, man, you averaged 23 points per game, 12 mm-hmm. rebounds. You were named to all league selection two times and you led your team to a 17 and four record. So yeah. man, like that senior year, talk to us about how it felt like that first game getting out there. Like, did you feel just like a monkey on the loose just going crazy? Like, how was it? Yeah, it was, you know, it was crazy. Like we had such a, we had such a squad and, you know, Asenen is not a big, you know, it's not a big town at all. It's, um, you know, in Westchester is, is a very small town or city, whatever you want to call it. So it's not, um, it's not like some of the bigger towns you have, you know, White Plains, Mount Vernon, Yonkers and stuff like that. It's not big like any of those, but we had some dudes that could, that could go. So, you know, you playing like like I said, these are like my brothers. Like we grow, we all grew up together. All grew up together. We know each other's game. And when we got on the court, it wasn't just like, like you know, it was fun. You know what I mean? It it was fun. And me being like the the uh, the head of the snake, it was kind of easy for me because I know that I got guys around me that. If everybody's concentrating on me, they're gonna go off. So everybody had to be like a like a one-on-one type of thing. So now if you're going with me one-on-one, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. Especially my mentality in high school after missing two years really, because I feel like I should have been on varsity since ninth, but after missing two years of varsity, I was like, oh, if anybody's standing in front of me, I'm about to kill them. And then I got a bunch of killers around me like you couldn't tell tell me nothing you couldn't say anything to me I was going at everybody and the guys around me made it easy so I was just going out there like we in the park just hooping you know sometimes you come up with 30 sometimes you come up with 25 sometimes you come up with 15 and 15 but we was smacking everybody so I'm like shit however we gonna get it that's how I'm gonna get it I mean but it was like that junior year like that kind of set it off because, you know, I played very, very well. And going into senior year, I kind of had it in my head. Like, this is like, this is my team. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my team. We're going to go as far as I take. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, we, we won our league and um, we lost in the playoffs at a sectional, but I mean, from, where are like the history of you know a men's basketball for my school? I think we like that was one of our best years for sure. And you know, I mean, I that having those two good years in high school set me up for whatever I was going to do in college. So, um, yeah, but that my junior and senior year in high school, I was I was trying to get it. I was trying to get it, man. Man, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we, you know, clearly, you know, we we do some research prior to prior to the episode, and and I was looking right. at your numbers. You were definitely getting to it, man. So you know, after that, after that successful, uh, successful senior, uh, junior and senior year, 
uh, you know, you you end up going to Central Connecticut State University, man. And every yeah. time we have a, a, a Division One hooper on the pod, I never like to like to let it slide. I like to give you your flowers, man, because to go Division One is is insanely hard, man. I mean, less than two percent of all high school athletes even go play Division One, yeah. let alone basketball, man. So you know, big hats off and flowers to you. But yeah. what I what I want to know is, you know, tell us a little bit about you know what made you make that decision uh, to, to 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 choose that school, and maybe a little talk about talk a little about your recruitment. Yeah, I mean, well, I started with recruitment. Recruitment was kind of it was it was hectic, because you know, coming from like when you're in high school, you know, you're not talking to coaches or anything like that. Like people aren't coming after you and stuff like that. So it's 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 easy, you know. what I mean, it's just go to school, hoop, and that's it. But then now you throw in AAU, the AAU circuit. You throw in all of these show like these invitational tournaments and whatever. Now people are seeing you, you're getting the exposure. So um, I think for me, what did it for me was going to, um, so I played, I played um, AAU with Westchester Hawks. Um, and, you know, I was kind of, I was with Westchester Hawks and then I was with Gosh Warriors. They're out of um, Yonkers, New York. Um, and uh, it was, for me, I think the best thing that I did was go from the Gosh Warriors to the Westchester Hawks. Now, not taking anything from, um, you know what I mean, the the Warriors, um, you know, they they definitely brought me to another level as far as exposure and stuff. But me playing with the Westchester Hawks, you know, I got to go to like some big time AAU tournaments like every weekend. You know, a, the AAU circuit is huge. Every weekend during the AAU season is something different. There's a every tournament seems like it's bigger than the last. You know what I'm saying? So I'm getting exposure from all of these different, all these different cities, new states, traveling here, traveling there, and dudes are on my phone. Like they're blowing my phone up about college. Like shit, before my before my senior year, I wasn't thinking about college. I was just like, I'm just trying to graduate. And I'll never forget, we went to, um, so before Nationals in Orlando, we had a, um, a like a, show, a showcase or invitational tournament in, yeah, I forget, I forget where it was, what state it was, but we were there and we were hooping and I had this one coach from a div- Division three school, uh, Rhode Island College, and he uh he came up to me like you know what I'm saying it, it wasn't the live period yet so he just came up to me real casual and was like hey you know I'm such and such from Rhode Island College and uh like you have you have potential and I would love to you know once the period the live period starts to talk to you and your mom and see if we can make something happen so I'm geek I'm like this is the first person to talk to me about school I'm hyped and um and I went, I told my AAU coach, um, Coach Diaspera, and he was like, he was like, D3. He was like, nah. Like, nah, we don't, we don't want D3. I'm like, he talking some big stuff. Like, I'm hyped. He's just like, trust me. He's like, not a knock on any other division, D2 or D1 or JUCO, none of that. But he's like, just trust me. And we go to um, we go to another tournament in West Virginia, and he was like, 
after the tournament, I played well. I played really well in the tournament. After the tournament, he was like, he was like, you got to look from, from Rutgers. I'm like, oh, shit. And then he was like, uh, he named Longwood University. Then he named um, another school in uh, the Northeast Conference. I forget. So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right. I'm like, okay. I was like, you right. I'm going to trust you. Then we go down to Nationals. We come in like, I think we made it to the semis. We come in like fourth. And it literally, as soon as I get home on my answer machine, it's like 20 messages. Like, my phone was going stupid. D1, D2, D3, like, it was going crazy. So I'm I'm on the phone, like, so I'm just like, anybody that calls me or try to talk to me, I'm like, you got to talk to my mom. Like, I don't got time for this shit. I don't know what the hell is going on. You got to talk to her. And she's new to it too. Like we we going through this together, mm-hmm. and we basically sat down and we since I had a good amount of D one looks, she was like, "We have to figure out what we going to do. What are you trying to do? D one, D two, D like what are you trying to do?" I was like, "Shit, I was like D one. If I could take a D one, that's where we going to go with." She was like, "All right, so we got to sift out D's." And you know, as I'm talking to these different coaches, we start narrowing down the list. And, um, you know, like I had a lot of mid-majors. So Central Connecticut, I had LIU, I had um, I had Sacred Heart, I had Wagner. I had a bunch of schools in the Northeast Conference. So um, we, we decided, I went to Central Connecticut at my visit and I was like, all right, I said, I was like, this is it. You know, I feel like I can come in my freshman year and I can contribute, I, like I can play, I can contribute. And it's not too far from home, but it's far enough. I was like, this is it. So I, as I'm about to commit to Central, Quinnipiac comes and like last minute, they're like, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship, um, like a full ride scholarship. Like, would you want to come for a visit? So I'm like, shit, I, yeah. So I go up for a visit. is me, my high school coach, and my little cousin, Tylee, right? And we go up to the school. They have a game that day. So we're watching the game. After the game, we go into the locker room, talking with the guys. They take us around campus. And I'm with, like, the star player of the team. So I'm, like, I'm with him. We walking around. We go to the dorms. We eating. We talking or whatever. I'm, like, shit, this seemed a little better than, than Central. I was, like, this seemed, this seemed like home. So I'm, like, all right. So I get home, I talk to my mom and everything. I'm like, I'm like, that's it. Quinnipiac is it. So I commit. I sign my letter and everything. I commit. Right after I commit, the coach gets fired. So since he got fired, the new coach came in and he was like, he saw me work out. And he was like, I honestly don't really see you playing until like your junior year. So he was trying to put me on the shelf. Before I even got there, he was trying to shelf me. So I was like, I was like, hell no. Like I told him, I was like, nah, like no. Mm-hmm. So I opened my recruiting back up and I had no looks, none. So I was just dead in the water. I was like, I already basically decommitted from this school. Now I don't have, like, I don't have shit. Like I'm just mm-hmm. dead. And then my, it was like towards the end of the AAU season. My coach called me back up. He was like, hey, we're going to a tournament in Philly. We got a couple more tournaments, but it starts in Philly. Are you trying to play? 
I'm like, what time do I need to be there? Like, just tell me what time. So he came, he picked me up. We went down to Philly. I killed it. Then we went to a Rumble in the Bronx tournament. I violated everything. <laughs> and then a week later, Central Connecticut calls me back. And it's like, coach is like, we still have a scholarship open if you want to come back up and, you know, talk. And I was like, I accept. I was like, I accept. <laughs> he was like, he was like, okay, but, you know, come back up. And so we were talking, him, my mom, me, him, and my mom. And, you know, just he's the one that really sold me. Like, after all of that other stuff, when I was talking to Coach D, you know, he was just like, you know, he's like, I'm not going to give you anything. Like, how much you play and where you take it from here is on you. I'll guide you, but the work you put in, your character, your attitude, that's on you. So I was just like, I got back in the car and I told my mom, I was like, I was like, all the other stuff aside, all the BS aside, like, that's where I need to be. I was like, he's not going to just let me slide. He's going to hold me accountable. If I'm tripping, he's going to tell me. And that's what I need at that, at that point. That's really what I needed. Cause I'm, you know, you get it from your parents, from your mom, mm-hmm. from your pops, but when you're away, it's, it's different because you got that freedom. But when you got somebody that's going to hold you accountable and, and getting your ass when you need it, that's, that's different. And you know what I'm saying? He, he definitely helped me down my time in, uh, in school. And he definitely, um, molded me into a better player, better man, all around. He he definitely has his fingerprints on, on my life for sure. And, you know, that that kind of started my whole college experience. Okay. Absolutely, man. I mean, I mean that that that's that's honestly a, a, a crazy, you know, re- recruitment story. You know, that's how you just you keep you you keep believing, you keep going, you know what I'm saying? And who knows what would have happened, you know, if you if you didn't have the passion that you did for basketball and you didn't go to that tournament at, at in, in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and then over there and violated in mm-hmm. New York and all that, man. But, 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 you know, so, so, so then, so then we get to, you know, we get to your first year and you come out with a bang, man, start 26 of the first 20 of the 28 games. You lead the team in field goal percentage and you're tied for the most minutes. You lead the entire league in blocks for the first freshman to ever do that since 95, 96. So, Talk to us about how that freshman year was. Did, did, did you feel good? Like, how was it being out there? I mean, freshman year was freshman year was like a real eye opener because I didn't really like, you know, you when you think of college and you hear college stories, like you always hear guys say, like, you got to wait your turn. Like, you can't go in there thinking you're going to be the number one guy. Like, you have to put in your work. You just got to wait your turn. So my expectations going in was I'm going to wait my turn. Like, you know, I don't know who's coming in, how many freshmen we got, who's coming back. I'm not focused on that. I'm just trying to go in, get my work done, and see where that takes me. First day of summer school, we got seven freshmen. Seven. And nobody really at my position. So it's kind of wide open for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, um. You know, we we just going just going through us us seven freshmen. We just going through everything together. Like we going through the the cramps in practice. We going through the the all the nonsense we had going. Like we going through everything together. And 
you know, me personally, it kind of just, it worked out in my favor because the system that he was running, that Coach D was running, fit me perfectly. Like, a lot of pick and pops, a lot of slips to the rim for easy buckets. Like, it was perfect for me. Like, I didn't have to handle the ball too much, but he gave me the freedom to. I didn't have to do anything more than what I was good at. Just perf- try to try and perfect what I was good at, which is shooting, running the floor, rebounding, being a help defender. That's what he had me get even better at. So I was like, shit, he's not asking me to do anything more. So let me just go ahead and I'm going to go all in. And that freshman year was like, it was it was definitely hard, like just getting used to the physicality and the different the speed and the level of play. But once that was done, once freshman year was done, it was just like, like this is a whole new a whole new ball game. Now, now I see what I need to do, what I need to work on, what I can take advantage of. And I think it was probably like maybe half, like midway through the season. And I was just like, yo, I could really do something here. Like I can really do, because I was having good games. You know, as a freshman, when you have, you know, 12 or 14 and stuff like that, like that's pretty good. But I was having like, 25 I was having you know 20s 25 you know the double double like I was doing a lot you know what I'm saying and I think that just kind of once again stuck in my head but opened my eyes to what I could really do and where I could you know really take this basketball thing but freshman year was like that was maybe one of the most fun years and toughest years that I've had playing basketball but you know it was, it was it's an experience like like no other. So, absolutely, man, absolutely. So you know a, a lot of you know we've had a lot of hoopers on the show, and a lot of them you know talk similar like how you said they talk about how when they get to Division One, the speed is just like something that you got to get used to the speed yeah. of the game. But what I want to ask is like, was there a moment for you where you were like, all right, like no, nah, this, this is different. Like this is not high school anymore. Like I gotta I gotta really get ready for this. Or did you feel like you came in with that mentality to get come ready? Did I come? Hell no, I didn't come in with that mentality. <laughs> Yo, my first, the thing that made me, that made me really, that made me realize that college hoops is different. And not, well, not now, but I realized after the fact that it's not normal. Our first practice was three hours, right? We had one water break in three hours. But, we had so coach D he had he's an old school coach you know what I'm saying so he has different tactics on how to um try and break you and try and uh like see where your his thing was mental toughness uh-huh. so first first practice he's not holding no punches he's talking shit he's making you he's making you run he's making it like he's trying to break you just see he's trying to see who's going to break who's going to quit that was his, he said that he was like, I want to see which one of y'all is gonna go home tomorrow. Like he's saying shit like that. So towards the end of the first practice, we're already dead. We're like fitting. So we have this thing, it's called barrels. So you put a garbage can at each corner of the gym and you gotta run around. You run around, that's one barrel. You gotta do three barrels 
in like 40 seconds or something like that. But after a three hour practice, when you got to do that, right. each barrel is like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to take some time. So I'm running. I make, I make my first set of barrels. So he's like, I don't think that was good enough. We're going to do another set. So I'm like, yo, I'm in my head. I'm like, I don't know how much more I got. Like, I, <laughs> I'm trying to push, but I can't push no more. I do two. I'm on my last, my last one. I start cramping in both legs, both legs. I'm cramping. Like, you know, when you get them Charlie horses in your, in your legs, there's no type of running or nothing. Like you just gotta, you just gotta let them things. You either gotta stretch or you just gotta let them pass. I'm in like, I'm after the first barrel and my joint is cramping. Mm-hmm. So he got, he got the clock going. He's like, I don't know if he's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to get it. So I'm like limping around, like I'm falling on the ground. I'm crawling. I get to the last joint. I'm like, yo, I was like, there's no way I could walk. So I'm like doing an army crawl to the finish line. The clock is already done. Like I'm, I didn't make it. I'm doing an army crawl. And he's like, as soon as I passed the last barrel, he was like, he got it. He got it. You know, he's hyping everybody up. I'm sitting there crying on the ground. Like my legs is cramped. And then after the practice, we had to go to the weight so I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, yo, we doing weights after practice? Like what? Like mm-hmm. that, like going into college, I was like, I was like six, six, a buck 70 soaking wet. Like I was, I, I was, I was light. I was real light. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, we got to go into the weight room. And our strength coach is just as bad as coach D like, so I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to do this. We in there having to do, hold the plates. You know how you got to do the T? You just got to hold it like that, hold the plates mm-hmm. out. He got us doing that for a minute. I'm like, bro, there's no possible way that I'm doing any of this stuff. So he was like, they was really trying to, like, break us. I remember going into the locker room after that practice and just laying there. Once everybody left, I got on the phone with my mom, like, my. I can't do this. Like, I need to come home. I can't do this shit at all. And you know, what I'm saying she did the mom thing. She started yelling at me and all this shit. And she was like, she was like, no. She was like, uh, uh-uh. like you know how hard you work for this, and you gonna quit after the first practice? She was like, nah. And she banged him. He hung up. I'm like, shit. I'm like, yo, if this is what college is like, I don't know how I'm how I'm gonna get through, but. You know what I'm saying after that, after you get that, that first, to me, there's no practice that's worse than the first one. Mm-hmm. At, like, if I if I can make it through that first practice of college, any practice I go through from then on is light, is light, and that's the way that I took it. Like, I was this close to breaking. Mm-hmm. If my mom did, if my mom would have stayed on the phone with me, I would have went right back home, and. You know, from then on, it was just like, he's not going to break me. Like, no matter what he do, he's not going to break me. And, you know what I'm saying, a lot of, uh, like, I talk to a lot of guys that are coming out of college or, like, um, looking to go to college, and I tell them straight up, like, it's a different animal. Like, it's a different animal. Don't go in thinking you're going to be, you know what I'm saying, the um, the best or you're going to have you're going to have everything given to you because it's not like that. Like, there's not a lot of guys that go to college on a scholarship. Like, it's 
very few guys that get to go to college on a scholarship. So just as quick as they give you a scholarship, they could take it away. Just as quick as it, it, as it comes, it could go. So, like, if you're not all in and you're not ready for whatever comes with it, don't even bother. Like, don't even bother. And, you know what I mean, that after that first, you know, experience on the court with a whole bunch of other college guys, like, I, I quickly realized, like, it's a whole different animal because these dudes was – they was running, they was gunning, they was bumping me, like knocking me to the floor. And, and like, like I said, being skinny and like frail, like my body's not built for all of that. Like, I'm not, I'm not the one that's going to be down there trying to bump with you and like, nah. So I was getting hurt like every other day. Like I was a bruised hip, uh, like a knot on my head. Like I was getting all types of shit. But my thing was, I'm just going to get through it. However I got to get through it, I'm going to get through it. And, I mean, it worked out for me, but that college was. <laughs> man, man, absolutely, man. Because, I mean, you got you got through that, you know, you 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 got you got through that first practice. And and, and I'll say we, we've had a lot of hoopers on. I don't know if none of them was army crawling through the through the line. So that's so, you know, big, big yeah, props to a- you, man. <laughs> so. So, you know, and then, you you're, you know, your second year was that continued dominance. You know, you led the team in minutes. You led the team in scoring, three-point percentage. Again, led the entire league in blocks. Uh, but what I want to know, you know, was at, at this point, you were clearly a vital part of the team's success. So what was your mindset coming into every game, knowing, like, if the team, need, if the team is going to be successful, we're going to win. I have to play my role. I have to play my part. Um, I just wanted to be able to lead. You know what I mean? Like, I – um, like going into sophomore year, like I had a lot of a lot of conflict with Coach D. Like me and him used to go back and forth a lot, like arguing. And I'm, you know, being young, I'm trying to tell him how to do his job. And like it was just a lot of conflict. And at a certain point in that season, was I got kicked out of practice because trying to argue with him and going back and forth. I got kicked out of practice. So yeah, I got. I got kicked out of practice trying to argue with coach and all of that. And, you know, he, he just straight up, he was like, get out. Like, just, just get out. So I'm arguing with him as I go out the door. Like, I go downstairs, I shower. And, you know, I'm just in the, I'm in the lounge. Because in my mind, I knew I was wrong. Like, I, so I'm like, like, I knew I was wrong, but I was like, man, I'm not wrong. So I called my mom and I tell her what was going on. And I'm like, he kicked me out of practice, da 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 and I'm telling her what's going on. She's like, she's like, hold up, wait, wait, wait. She's like, you got kicked out of practice? I was like, yeah, and this ain't the first time he's done that, blah, blah, blah. And she started cussing me out. And she's like, you know, she's cussing me out. And she's like, you stay your ass right there. And when practice is over, you go. She was like, no, matter of fact, put your practice stuff back on and go back upstairs and into that gym and finish practice. She was like, she was like, I ain't send you all the way up to Connecticut to be to try and argue with no grown ass man, your coach, let alone. She was like, nah. She was like, if you don't, she was like, go finish practice. So I was like, shit. Like, if I don't go finish practice, I'm gonna be in trouble with her. And she all the way in New York. Like, so I go upstairs with my practice stuff on, still sweaty and all that. I gotta put my stuff back on. I go upstairs. And he was like, 
I walked in the gym. He stopped. He was like, get out. He's like, we're not stopping. We're not starting to get into you. Get out. So I'm like, shit. So I go back downstairs, and I'm just waiting. I'm like, I know he's going to come in here tripping. And he never came downstairs. I was waiting for like two hours. He never came downstairs. So, and this is why I say it started to change my mentality. Next day, I went into his office, and I was like, coach, I'm saying, like, I apologize for, you know, just the way I've been acting, this and that. Like, you know, that's, like, that's my bad. It won't happen again. And he was like, he was like, I, he's like, I'm not mad at you whenever you have to say something to me. But when you try to show me up in front of the team, then we have a problem. Like, he was like, this is my team. You're a member of this team. You're a big part of this team. But you're not going to show me up in front of this team. He's like, so if ever you have, if you feel some type of way towards me, you come into my office, we can speak frankly. We can, we can, you can say however you want to. I'm a grown man. I can take it. But one-on-one, don't do it in front of the whole team. So from then on, I was just like, you know what? Me getting kicked out of practice, me having the coach have to treat me like I'm, you know, a little kid, that's not looking good for the rest of the team. And if I feel like I'm the leader of the team, that's what I got to do. And I, I always wanted to lead the team. I always wanted to be captain. I always wanted to do all of these things, but I wasn't acting like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, this sophomore year, this is a whole new time. This is my chance. Like, if I want to be all the things that I said, he's giving me the opportunity. Now I got to, I got to, I got to seize, I got to seize it. So, you know, I quit all of the BS and, you know, I started like really focusing in on what he was trying to tell me. And sophomore year was like, Next level, I think sophomore year I was like second second team all conference or some something like that. I don't know, but I was like, oh, I was like, now I'm getting a little recognition, so now I can try to take this to the next level. And you know what I mean? It was just all about growing mentally, like maturing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, like I wasn't mature at all. I was just trying to get it how I always got it, just just hoop and whatever comes out of that. That's just what it's gonna be, but. It's a lot that goes into it when you're dealing with other grown men and different personalities and stuff like that. It's a lot that goes into it. But sophomore year, I was just trying to lead, bro. I was just trying to lead. I, I knew what I, what I could do on the court, but, you know, just trying to lead is that was that was the biggest thing to me because I knew if I could if I could lead, you know, the team, the team was going to be was going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And was that a little bit of like humble pie? I know you talked about getting kicked out of practice, but even the fact that you were talking about earlier and John had alluded to it earlier about when guys come in their freshman year, they're not having shooting the field goal percentage. They're not leading the league in blocks. They're not doing all the things you accomplished in your first year. And yeah. I'm sure you had to have you feeling like a big headed coming into that sophomore year. And that was something some humble pie you had to have. Was that kind of something happened and then you started knowing like with my skill what the way I'm playing the level I'm playing at I have to lead or what what kind of was it after that um I wouldn't really say it was I mean in a way it was humble pie but Mm -hmm. um it uh I I, honestly I really don't know because you know I, I remember coach D said to me that I didn't get rookie of the year in the conference with another guy on my team did Shamik and he was hooping too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I didn't get the rookie of the year, but 
I remember Coach D said to me that he didn't get he didn't put my name in for rookie of the year because he thought I was gonna like it was gonna go to my head. Mm. So I'm like, in my opinion, like I'm one of the most humblest guy guys on the team. Like I don't portray that to anybody. Like however I feel is how I feel, but I would never let you see how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Or I would never say it. But you know, I didn't feel like going into the season or anything that I was the man or, you know, I was the main guy or whatever the case is. Like, like I never, at that point, I never felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't feel like that at all. And um, I just think that in the way that it was humbling was the way that my attitude was, even though I didn't feel like that, the way my attitude was coming off was that I was, I was hot shit. Like, that's how I was coming off was that I was hot shit. So, you know, not just Coach D, but the other coaches, they had to, like, really tell me to relax and to chill because I was, like, in a way, I was kind of walking around like I was going to the league type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had that mindset already. And, well, that's how I was acting. And that wasn't even – that was not even what I was concentrated on. But, um, you know, after I looking back at it, you know, that's how I was acting. So when he – kicked me out and you know was getting on me uh, humbling was that's definitely a good word for it because it kind of brought me back to reality and was like yo like you're not bigger than the team like and especially coming from him is like this is my team you're not bigger than me you're not bigger than the team so really back in and let's let's uh let's let's keep going and um uh, you know I'm glad that he did that too because that kind of whatever fantasy land I was living in, that kind of brought me back to reality. So, you know, um, but, you know, I'm, once again, I'm glad that he did that though, for sure. Absolutely, man. So, 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 you know, you, you have, you have that great second year. And then what I, what I really want to get into, man, you know, is, is your third year. Uh, Unfortunately you had to red shirt and, you know, sit out because of an injury. So like what I, what I want to know is, you know, how do you go from, you know, such a high and leading the league and leading the team to uh, know, uh, you know, being injured and how did you handle it? Because I mean, we've had a lot of hoopers come on the show and talk about, you know, that's been like the derailment of their career or just yeah. they, they've seen people never be able to bounce back from that. So talk about how you bounce back mentally and, and all that. Um, it was, it was kind of like, um, like how I told you in high school when I had to sit out because of my grades, this was a different level of pain. Because one, it's not something that I did to make, you know, somebody say, hey, you can't play. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, this is just, it's an injury. Injuries happen at the most random time. And I think this was like a, a ongoing injury that just got worse over time until it was just like, I can't, like, I can't walk. So, like, it's like, I have to get it taken care of. And, you know, it's my hip. So, you know, if you can't, if you don't have a hip, <laughs> can't do none. Yeah, no, you can't. can't yeah. So, um, you know, so I had the hip surgery and I, I was out for the season. But having to sit there and watch the team, like they really struggled. They really, really struggled my redshirt year, and it brought me back to high school. Like sitting there watching them struggle and just not being able to do anything. Like just having to dress up for every game, sit on the bench, and watch them lose by twenty, watch them lose by thirty. 
Watson lose by 40 to our rival, like, it was bad. So I used to, like, go to the gym, just sit in the, in the, in the gym and just, you know, just ball in my hand. Sometimes I'd cry. Sometimes I'd just be dribbling, you know, and just trying to get my focus back right. Because I'm like, yo, once I'm able to go, I'm going. And once I get back on the floor, I'm going to kill everybody. Because my mom kept saying, she was like, this is the hardest time that you've had to face with in basketball. Grades aside and everything else aside, this injury is the hardest thing you've had to face thus far. How are you going to bounce back? Are you going to let it throw you off? Or are you going to come back better than ever? I was just like, that's why I always say, like, I'm a, whatever I have to sit out for whatever reason, when I come back, I'm going to kill everything. And that's just, that was just my mindset. Like, all right, people think I'm not going to be the same because of my hip. Let me show you. In my junior year, from the very beginning, I showed everybody, like, yo, yeah, I had to sit out a year. That's cool. Y'all got y'all laughs. Y'all, y'all beat us down. All right. But now I'm back. We're not going for none of that. <laughs> We're not going for none of that. Man, none, <laughs> none of that. that. Like, if it, none of that. Like, if we could picture, like, picture, visualize the word, none of that. That's exactly what you did, man. Because you returned so dominant. You were named, you were, you were named the, the, you named the conference player of the year. You yeah. led the league in double doubles. You led the league and your team in scoring and blocks and you were named the team captain so uh kind of in that same light where i talked about how do you go from such a low to a high talked about how t- talk about know how you feeling now you you went from a low right back up to the high yeah like i that like get into that point um you know the team captain which is what i ultimately wanted since i got to central to being team captain and then getting the player of the year after taking the year off, like I was on cloud nine. I think that carried me through until I left school. Like I was on cloud nine because, you know, just a lot of guys, like you said, they don't come back from injury. Like whatever injury it is, a lot of guys don't recover, whether it be physically or mentally, they don't recover. And for me to be able to recover in both aspects, physically and mentally, I'm like, yo, I'm on top of the world. Like I'm pooping. My team is doing well. I'm doing well. Like I'm in a better headspace. Like I'm like school is going. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm, like I'm good. Like I don't got to worry about school. I don't got to worry about, you know, I don't have, everything is on uh, going up. Everything is going up. So I'm like, yo, I got everything that I asked for and then some. Like, I'm good. I have no complaints. And I was just, it was really gratifying for me to, you know, at the end of the season to get that player of the year nod and, you know, to get like all, I don't know, they have like in the Northeast Conference or North in the Northeast, they have like different uh, districts and stuff like that for like the schools and everything like that. And I, I made one of those teams and, you know, I, it was it, it was gratifying. I was getting interviews from different newspapers and I had like, it was, it was, it was nuts. And I was just like, I'm embracing everything. It's like, however it comes, like I'm not getting too high, but I'm just like, this is what I worked for. And I worked hard to get back here. So everything that they're giving me, I'm just taking it all in, I'm just soaking it all in. And it was, it was gratifying more than anything because 
you know, and that's what I, I worked hard to get back from that injury. So, you know, but it was a, uh, it definitely felt good. Definitely felt good. Yeah, absolutely. Like coming back from such a low, low and to actually be the conference player of the year. I mean, I, I, I can't even think of a better like storybook or whatever you want to think of it kind of turn around in, in that sense. But, you know, Kenneth, um, after your, you know, your great historic uh, college career, high school career, yeah. you then go on uh, to, to, to play pro. And obviously you've had a long pro career, 10 plus years professionally. Yeah. Uh, but it all started out, uh, you know, we do our research. It started off at the Portsmouth uh, Invitational after Central yeah. Connecticut. Uh, what was that experience like? Number one, the decision to go pro and pursuing basketball yeah. after college and then the Portsmouth Invitational where it all started for you? Um, the Portsmouth was very interesting and it was another eye opener for me because that is um, for those of y'all that don't know what a Portsmouth Invitational is. Um, it's almost like the combine in Chicago, not as a, uh, the NBA combine in Chicago, not as intricate and detailed as that, but they do a lot of the things that they do in Chicago at, at Portsmouth. So, um, you know, we were doing measurements of wingspan. We were doing the uh, shuttle drill. We were doing vertical. We were doing uh, the full court sprints. We were doing all of those types of drills. And for me, it was just like, you know, like I've never – done anything like that you know we didn't do that type of stuff at school the most we did was vertical and um like sprints but all the other testing and measurements that they did we never did any of that stuff so for me it was new but it was eye-opening because a lot of the guys that i heard about or saw on tv and you know just the buzz like from college sports a lot of them were there so it's just like I'm in company with these guys and I hear about these guys on TV. I see highlights of them on ESPN and, you know, like, um, who was there? So we had two of the, three of the guys that I can remember off rip was Jamichael Green. He was there. Um, uh, Henry Sims from Georgetown. He was there. And Jordan Theodore. He was there. He's had a very good career in Europe. Um, so I'm like, I'm in company with these dudes. Like I'm on a floor with big names, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's another thing I could check off the book. Like I'm getting this type of, um, exposure and recognition, but while I'm there, like I'm hooping, like, I don't have to do too much. Like I don't have to get the, you know, 20 and because there's, Overseas, there's European teams there, there's NBA guys there, there's agents, there's all of this stuff. So I'm just like, I'm just going to come out here. I'm not going to try to overdo it because if I try to overdo it, I'm going to mess up. So I'm out there, 10 points a game, eight rebounds or something like that, and we win the championship. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, shit. I was like, I'm good. I was like, I am, I am good. Like, I'm not, like, I'm like, I'm proud of, I'm proud of myself. I, yeah. I didn't let myself get, you know, get too excited, but I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't stake it up. So, you know, but that was, that was an experience because that's, like I said, you got all of those, there's a bunch of NBA talent and a lot of overseas talent that was there. And, 
you know, just being in the mix with all of those guys was 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 special. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's incredible uh, experience, and and they uh, all those you mentioned all those guys, but they also got to play with Kenneth Horton. We can't yeah, we can't forget what you've done yeah, to yeah. that. I mean, I'm saying, they they I'm shared saying. they shared the floor with you, so that's we can't fact. even that's can't even remember that because you accomplished a lot to it to that point for real yeah, though. So. Um, but, you know, m- moving on from, from the Portsmouth Invitational, that's where you got your first offer and opportunity uh, to play with play in France at, at Olympique. Yeah. I'm not even I'm going to butcher the name Stade Olympique. Um, but uh, but how, how was that first experience for you, Kenneth? You know, being uh, overseas away from everything you knew, um, away, for, certainly far from from New York, certainly far from yeah. uh, central Connecticut. What was that like your first experience over there in the pros? It was a, uh, it was tough, you know. what I'm saying being in, um, in, in a different country by myself, like you know, what I mean, I'm already at this point, I'm 23, but so I'm already, you know, I'm an adult. But it's different when you, because you know, when you're an adult and, or you're coming out of college and you're back home with your parents and. You know what I'm saying? All of your all your people are around. Like it's different than actually going away in somebody else's country and being by yourself. Like you have to adult by yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was tough. Like I was, and this was um um like when Skype was the big like the big thing. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I was trying to Skype all the time, and um I don't even think WhatsApp was out at that point i think it was coming around but it wasn't there yet so it was like i was just trying to figure out a way to stay in contact with my with my family and my friends and it was tough but you know what i'm saying i had uh i had some ogs on the team that gave me a lot of game and they um you know they kept me sane and they kind of took me under their wing my first year um and uh you know it was an experience like i played i had a pretty good first year ah an okay first year um but i i ended up getting released though so i ended up getting released halfway through the season so that was a that was a little blow to my confidence but um you know that first year definitely taught me a lot about the european game and, um how is business it's business yeah. it's business before uh before anything and that that definitely opened my eyes to uh to that yeah, and that's that's like the one of the biggest changes we hear from a lot of the pros and, and players that we've had on. Cause you don't you don't realize that, especially before if you're not exposed to the professional game and professional level um of it being a business. It's not you're not doing this anymore for for your school or or because you're this is people are feeding their family off that. So that's right. something you gotta learn early on. Yeah. But um but on that note, then, you know, you talked about your first year being cut and everything. And then I, I know you're, I think the same year you played at Cyprus, was that in yeah. in Greece? Or, yep. Yeah. So, so, but what was your first welcome to the pro moment other than, you know, be changing teams uh, halfway through your first year? What was that? that oh, so, right. So are many, are many. I remember, I remember this. I remember this perfectly. So while I'm in France, um, we're, playing a team uh Antibes. So it's uh south of France. And they got a dude, Tim Blue. Tall dude, uh lanky forward. Um 
at the time he had long dreads or whatever. And he was like the big name in pro B, uh, pro B France. So in my head, I'm like, all right, this is the big name. Well, shit, I got a name too. So I'm about to go out there. I'm about to go at it. Man, this dude, he gave me everything. Everything. I think he had, I think he gave me like 35. Like he was killing me, killing me. Mm-hmm. Anything I tried to do, he was just happy accounted for it uh, he was torturing me and i was just like i don't know what to, I, I can't do nothing with this like this is this is just one of them nights he was he was killing me. i think he to finish off his night he like gave me a cross he's left hand he gave me a cross right to left and went down the lane and i was, like, I was in my head i was just like i hope coach takes it out I hope you could <laughs> just 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 end it. Just end it. But that was that was my like welcome to the pros type shit. Cause that that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was bad. Very bad. Man. It, as soon as you said lefty, I knew it was a it was a problem. <laughs> Lefties, for some reason, they're always He's the so hardest quick. to guard because it's unorthodox, right? You're used oh, to guarding someone who's right handed, right? It, it, oh. it was so bad, and I was just like, "Yo, I know what he's gonna do. I know what he's gonna do." And every time I was like, "I got it," he just switch it up and do something different. I'm like, "God damn, man! Like, he, <laughs> yeah. like, he's making me look bad. He's making me look very bad right now." Mm-hmm. But it, that was definitely my uh, welcome to the welcome to the pros. Man. And then on the on the flip of that, I know there's always some highs and lows with that. But what was the what was a kind of a high for you over there in Europe and throughout your career? I know you've had um, a, a few of those. Yeah, I mean, a high. Mm-hmm. Some big I think my highest, my highest. Um, well, I'll just do on an individual level. I had um, mm-hmm. in. So I think maybe, I don't know if it was year six or seven when I was in Bonn um, against Berlin, I had, um, I think I had 33 or something like that against Berlin. Um, it was a, a very big game for us and we, and we won. Um, that was like my, cause you know, it's Ber- Berlin. Like Berlin is like, you know, everybody knows Berlin. Um, right. So for me to, you know what I mean? To be on that stage and to perform the way I did, it was like, once again, I was on cloud nine. Like that was, that was definitely one of my, um, one of my best, one of my best uh, performances individually. But um, nothing, nothing beat Spain though. Nothing beat Spain um, in 2020. That was nothing, nothing can top that. That was, for my career, that was like the, Man. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's, let's talk about that. And I, and that was my kind of my next question I had for you was, you know, when you were San Pablo Burgos yep. in the ACB um, in Spain. So for, yeah. for those who are with Kenneth's talking about his, his team, they won the 2020 um, champions league basketball champions league there. Uh, so that's, that's a huge accomplishment. Um and from a from a, you talked about your individual standpoint, but from a team being a part of something great like that, what was that experience like? Winning a championship at any level, but in that in Europe, that's that's one yeah. of the top. That's the top of the top leagues. So like I ever like ever since I started playing pro, 
um, excuse me, the goal for me, like countries I've always wanted to play in was Italy, France, Italy, and Spain. Like those are my top three. Um, I got France straight out of, straight out of school. Um, Italy came some years later, which was another great experience. Um, and then, you know, for me to be able to get my foot in the door for Spain, for ACB, was like the best, you know what I'm saying? And um, it worked out for me because when I took the job to go to Burgos, they, they're coming off of the COVID year, you know what I'm saying? So everything got suspended because of COVID. So they didn't get to play the final eight. So they were going to do, they were going to finish it in October, like in the beginning of the season. So I'm coming in and we're going straight into the final eight. So I'm like, well, dudes that were here last year, they started some. So let me step in and I'm going to try to finish it. And Mm -hmm. You know, when we at Athens, like the energy is just from preseason all the way up to Athens was just crazy. Like the team gelled so quick. You would have thought we were playing together for years. Like that's how quick and how good our chemistry was. And, you know, every game that we had in that in the final league was like every game was supposed was like the toughest game that we're going to have. You know what I'm saying? Like we played uh, Jerusalem first. Jerusalem, like they're, you know what I'm saying? Like they're a very good team. And we smashed them. Like we smashed them by like 20. I'm like, oh, like, all right. Well, you know, maybe I was just one of those games. Then we played Dijon from France. I don't know. I don't think we smashed them, but we beat them by like, I think like 10 or something like that. But we beat them. So I'm like, okay, like we, we got some here. Like now this championship game against uh, against Ike. For those of y'all don't know, Ike is uh, one of the teams in Greece, um, in Athens. They got like, they got a big team. Like they, their team is nice. You know, they got, um, they got a lot of big names. But we beat them by like 15 in the championship. Like, and they, like I said, they got big names. They got Tyrese Rice. They got um, um, uh, Zizis. I think that's how you say his name. He just retired, but he's like a Greek legend. Um, they got like, they got a bunch of dudes that could go. And we're, we're beating all of these guys. Like, not easy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we're beating them by a good amount. So, we start off the season with a chip on a you're on a big stage. So like after we won that, like as a team, we kind of got together and was like, look, we got something special. We need to carry this through the whole season and wherever it takes us is where it takes us. But this feeling that we got, we got to bring it all the way through until June or whenever the season is over. And, you know, as a Player, like you said, winning a championship is no small feat. When you're able to do it as a team on a big stage, that's like the best feeling in the world. The best feeling. And, you know, it was for me, that was just like, I'll be able to talk about that forever. Forever. So that's. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so, you know, we talking about, you know, you're, you're on the court success and all of that, but you know, for the, for, for, for the people out there listening, um, there's, there's like this misconception. I, I think really is, I think it's along like kids more that they just think that, you know, Oh, if I don't make it to the NBA, I'm just going to go overseas. And they just kind of think that life is just so like easy. And it's just like how living in the States. So if you could like kind of, you know, shed some light into the difficulty of, being in a country where you don't speak the language, you can't even go get some milk. You don't, people may not even like the Americans too much. Talk a little bit about that, like off the court stuff. Yeah, man. Like off the, it's tough, man. It's tough. Cause like, to be honest, before I, you know, before I started playing overseas, I didn't like, I didn't really see that as an option. You know what I mean? So like you're talking 2012, when I left school, when I graduated school, I didn't see, I didn't think about overseas. I thought it was MBA or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's far from the case, but for anybody, please listen to me. For anybody that thinks that going overseas is, or playing pro in general is, easy or however you guys look at it it's far from it far from it. like just like you said you got to take into account you're going to a country that's oceans away that's you're already away from your family then you got to think about the culture culture shop different foods different kinds of people because everywhere you go people aren't welcoming you got language barrier. Like there's all of these different things. Like I was fortunate enough to, in the beginning, to go to France where people are, are, are pretty nice and enough people spoke English to where it wasn't, um, you know, really tough for me, but you got guys that come out and they go to, there's no shade to any of these countries, but they go to Lithuania, they go to Romania, they go to Russia, they go to Ukraine, maybe not now, but they go to Ukraine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. they go to these countries where the Eastern European countries where at the time or certain times people aren't as welcoming as other countries. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of these countries is dark, it's gloomy. It's like, it's not, it's different. Like when you're when you're in the states, you're home, so you know how to move and you know what you can and can't do. When you're overseas, they, you're just basically thrown into the mix. Like, okay, you're here. Here's your apartment. Here's your car. Practices at ten o'clock. See you then, and that's it. So like me, like I was I was in a situation my first year. I didn't drive stick shift. Maybe now they're maybe they give you a choice. I didn't get a choice then. They gave me a stick shift car, a manual car. They gave, put me in a car and was like, this is first gear, first gear, second gear, third gear, so on and so forth. You need to use the clutch. And left. Man, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm <laughs> yeah. in the car driving. <laughs> I'm trying to switch, switch, switch gears. I'm stalling <laughs> out. The car is just rolling. Yo, let me tell you. I got into the car, right? I, where I got the car into my apartment was like maybe five minutes away. It took me 40 minutes to get home. 
And <laughs> on my way it. home, I almost ran over three people going through a crosswalk. Oh man. Oh, I'm man. like doing the gears and then the car stalls out. So you know when the car stalls, it keeps rolling. Like mm-hmm. that bitch rolled right through the right through the crosswalk. Like roll right through. I'm in there sweating, my back is sweating, <laughs> my shirt is all drenched. I'm like, yo, just let, let me please just let me get to the crib. I get to the parking lot, I left the car there for like a month. I was like, I'm not touching this shit. Like they got, <laughs> like they got to find. I got to find a different way to get to wherever I'm going. I'm not getting in this car. But now yeah. it's things like that that you gotta take into consideration. Like nobody's gonna be there to coddle you, to baby you. Like you gotta figure things out. Like now it's a little easier because you got, um, like you got GPS and you got the you know FaceTime and WhatsApp and this and that. We got all of this stuff now, right? Imagine guys that was playing back in 2005 Man. or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, way back when. They didn't have no damn GPS. They didn't even have MapQuest. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, we got all of this stuff now, and it's still difficult. Like, there's a lot of things that go into it that people don't realize. And sometimes it kind of pisses me off because they think that because we're athletes that – everything is easy or things are given to us. Like, it's just, and I'm like, yo, that's far from it. Like far from it. Like I know dudes that had to get it, really get it out the mud and get it from the bottom. And now they're doing very well for themselves and their family, but they had to go get it. Like it wasn't given to them. So for people to have that, um, that misconception and that, uh, that kind of view on it is, you know, Ridiculous. To Ridiculous. say the least. Yeah, absolutely, least. man. Ridiculous, man, for real. And, and 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 we appreciate you know for shedding some light into that. And I hope yeah. you know, all the family out there listening. If you, if you if you didn't know, man, now you know, you know, but 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 man, so so you know, Kenneth, you, you know, we we've talked about you know your career coming all the yep. way from 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 New York, you know, up to uh, up to your pro career. But what we want to know, you know, as we start to wrap up here is is what's next? You know, what can the people expect next from Kenneth Horton and and what what's what's in the horizons? Um, now I'm just trying to uh, you know, since I I for those of y'all that don't know, I was out all last year because of my ACL. I tore my ACL and my meniscus last year, so I took a year off. Um, you know, just trying to get my body right and stuff like that. Um, but you know, now I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, um, trying to get back on the court. Um, you know, I'm home now, but I'm working out, just trying to wait for the next deal. Um, but, uh, um, oh, thank you. (laughs) My wife turned on the lights, but yeah, um, but, uh, for the most part, I'm just trying to keep basketball going as long as I can. Um, provide them I stay healthy and things like that but um, you know I do got some things in the work as far as uh, my my brand um, my brand is kiss the trade for that for those of y'all that don't know um, trying to get my athletic brand off the ground um, so I'm be putting in some work on that um, you know within this next year and uh, you know I'm trying to make a couple of moves with the brand real estate so I got a couple things going but I gotta you know while we're able to do it you got to keep trying to make moves because basketball doesn't last forever, man. So you got to kind of, you know, transition at some point and figure out what's life after basketball. So mm-hmm. that's really my, uh, 
my uh, process now is trying to figure out what's next. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and man, and 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 if history repeats itself, you got a big bounce back season coming this season because right. every time, <laughs> right. every time an injury has happened, it's been the biggest bounce mm-hmm. back. So, hey, so right, <laughs> so going off of that, right? I told my when I was in Spain, um, finishing up rehab um, in like February or March. I told my uh, my strength coach, I was like, look, I was like, I just need you to get me back on the court. That's all I need you to do. If you get me back to where I can lace them up and get back on the court, I'm going to take it from there. Because I, like, I promise you, wherever I go, whatever team I play for, in, that league is in trouble. That league is in trouble. He was just like, I got you. And, you know, I was able to go to Puerto Rico in June and, you know, get back on the court and play, play some games down there and get my feet back under me. But this next season. Watch out. Watch out, man. Watch out, man. Watch out, man. Exactly. 